Next on MLR Weekly, Chicago Hound star Chris Matina, the best recap in Major League Rugby, a perfect preview from Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, and MLR headlines from Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Rugby wrap-ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. in New York City. Good to see you. We have a great show. We have Mr. Chris Matina, star of the Chicago Hounds, who got off the schneid. Look it up. We also have a rapid recap before we look ahead with Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with his preview. But before all of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with MLR Headlines and John Fitzpatrick. John, how are you and your hair? And what do you got? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, how's the hair look? Good? Fabulous. Great. Matt, thank you for asking. I'm doing great. I hope you're doing well. Let's start with player milestones. The MLR is recognizing the first 50 players to reach 50 MLR appearances, and we had five more players join the exclusive club in round five. Let's list them all. New England Free Jacks prop Cole Keith. Toronto Arrows lock Mike Shepard. Rugby ATL center Will Leonard. Utah Warriors prop Franco Vandenberg. And Nola Goldlock Billy Stewart. All right, three of those guys have last names and first names that could be either last names or first names. But kudos to them for that accomplishment. That is something special. 50 appearances in any professional sport for a particular team is a feather in one's cap. Next, let's head down south. The Miami Sharks, MLR's newest expansion team, shared a video on social of a possible home venue for the 2024 MLR season. Florida International Stadium, home of the Panthers Division I football team and Miami FC Soccer Club. It's located about 17 miles west of downtown Miami and holds 20,000 fans. Matt, do you think a 20,000 seat stadium is too big for the Miami Sharks to start with? Well, two observations. Number one, you put half the audience asleep by mentioning soccer. And B, I would say uh, that out of the gate, bigger isn't always better. And that's what he said. Next! Hey, how about Happy Trails? Eagle number 498, Nick Chavetta announced his retirement from international and professional rugby. Let's just list off some of his accomplishments. Earned 35 caps for the Eagles, appeared in the 2019 Rugby World Cup, played in the Premiership, played in the Varsity match, won an MLR championship last season with New York. Tip of the cap to Nick for an excellent playing career. Plus, he's got like 75 degrees from the best universities on the planet. And I would say out of those 35 caps, he got at least 32 of them as Nick Civetta and three or four of them as Nick Civetta. And he will be, if he's not on one of the rugby wrap-up programs soon, he'll be in a broadcast booth next near you because he is an exceptional on-camera personality. Next! One day I'd like to share a beer and some ciabatta bread with Chavetta. Oh, I see what you did there. 
What else you got, John? Matt, before you talk to Chris Matina or you move to that segment, please tell him thank you for being such a stud on my fantasy Rutgers team. He's crushing it. I just need him to find a couple of tries here and there. That's all I ask for. All right, but you lost with your fantasy Rutgers uh, team this weekend, whereas the rugby wrap-up team won. Thank you, Mr. John Fitzpatrick, who's frozen, not by his poor internet, but by getting paralyzed by rugby wrap-up and our fantasy Rutgers team. Ladies and gentlemen, now we have to look back before we look ahead with our rapid recap. And starting with the San Diego Legion. May have gone down to Georgia looking for a soul to steal, but they came away with a win instead. And they did it in spectacular fashion behind Ma'ananu, who has found the fountain of youth. Indeed, Nanu is channeling his inner share with if I could turn back time. And indeed, it seems he has playing well on both sides of the ball. Is it surprising? Maybe a little bit, but we're talking about one of the best players to ever play the game. He's just a little bit more mature. San Diego with a statement win on the road in the snake pit. Or is it no longer called the snake pit? I'm confused. The Dallas Jackals went into the home of the Chicago Hounds, and one of these teams was going home with their tails between their legs. Indeed, it looked like it might just be the day of the Jackal. Problem is, there was one dog in this fight that was downright rabid, and that was Mark O'Keefe. One of the best centers in the league is now a lethal weapon off the wing in that very good back line that hasn't yet had the time to gel. They did just enough, however, to put New York City's Chris Matina in a position to win the match. And the silent assassin from the Upper West Side via Xavier and Delaware solidified Chicago's first ever win and kept Dallas from their first ever win. The Toronto Arrows found their mojo, they said. The Toronto Arrows were on target again, they said. The Toronto Arrows were flying high again, they said. The they was not the host team in the nation's capital, Old Glory DC, however, and it was all glory all day. The new acquisition stepped up and Washington finds themselves now in the thick of the Eastern Conference race after a one-sided victory that even Congress couldn't dismiss. Old Glory announces their candidacy as a team to watch in the East. Down in the Big Easy, New Orleans continued their renaissance and helped prove the scientific theory that mountain people are poop at sea level. And even worse, below sea level, where NOLA play. JP Duplessis was spectacular for the second week in a row, and New Orleans routed the Utah Warriors, dismissing reports of their demise as premature. In New York City, even John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE legend and the rugby odds legend in a gorilla suit, couldn't help the local team past the New England Free Jacks. The Ironworkers, who bent but didn't break early in the game, holding up three tries, were eventually torched by the visiting Flapjackals. On a crisp, sunny day on the Bronx border, the visitors from Boston were in control, but for a fleeting moment or two in the match, as John Poland and Jason Patras controlled the game from scrum half and fly half, respectively. The New Englanders now sit on the top of the table in a very tight Eastern Conference. Whew. Okay, 
Let's take a quick break and bring in Mr. Chris Matina of the Chicago Hounds after this. Selling or trading in your vehicle? She makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe seeking best bets and bad behavior are you not entertained and we're back with the player of the week that's right major league rugby player of the week mr chris matina of the chicago hounds Chris, I, I can still hear you exhaling that long relief sound of the whew for all of your players and all of Chicago for that first win. Yeah, yeah, and no, that was a good one for us. Um, we were really happy about it. And uh, just full credit to that Dallas team. They've gotten a lot better since last season. And uh, they put up quite the fight, and they have, you know, for the first five games of their season. So. Um, we were very happy with that win, and you know it's kind of a monkey off our back for us to get that first. What was going through your mind and your teammates' minds when Dallas scored to go ahead and time was running out on you guys getting that win, and more importantly, being the first team to lose to Dallas in their history? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – it was a bit of – it was a bit of shock, to be honest. I think when we went up 21-10, we felt pretty confident that we were going to pull away with it, and we felt pretty good. And they kind of stormed back like they have all season. And, uh, you know, I think we kind of came into the huddle under the sticks as soon as they went up, and I was like, boys, we need to just get the ball back, hold on to it, and then we're going to score. So, you know, that ended up happening. So, But, yeah, it was a bit of a, nerve, a nerve-wracking finish for us, for sure. So the finish – you were an enormous part of this. You kicked the game-winning penalty goal. So, A, walk me through what's going through your head at as you're lining up to kick the ball. And, and B, what were your thoughts immediately after kicking it? Uh, yeah, just lining it up. Um, I think as soon as we elected to go for points, it was all – it was kind of do we want to go for it? Do we want to go for the corner? As soon as we said, let's go for it, you know, I think it was just locked into just your my process of the kick. And I think I've had a pretty good mindset shift over the past few years of you don't have to worry about the outcome. You just worry about your own process. And if I do everything right in my process, it'll go exactly where I want it to go. If I think about missing it or if I think about what I'm doing, then, you know, it has more of a possibility to miss. So I think just keeping my eye on the ball, finishing through my contact and my swing and yeah, just hoping that it goes down the post. So it was it was awesome. And and then afterwards, it was just, you know, relief. But then it was automatically like there's still some time left. So yeah. we have to get out of here. Uh, we have to get out of our own zone. We got to exit and we got to play some defense uh, just to, to finish this one out, which was which we ended up doing. So. All right. So like Tiger Woods, dad was famous for like bang, banging noises behind him and making all you grew up in New York City. Your dad played. I actually played against him. He ran over me a few times. Uh, did your dad help you with kicking? Was he making noises behind you, you know, trying to just have you focus? Because you say when you're in your process, are you zoned out? Do you hear anything? 
Well, thank goodness we were at home because the stadium was dead quiet. You could hear a pin drop. So the fans are doing their job uh, and staying nice and quiet. So, um, no, he he really didn't. You know, he wasn't much of a kicker. He was a lock. So he was just running people over. Um, I've kind of had to teach myself and I've done a lot of soul searching, especially during COVID. I'd spent a lot of that time refining my my craft um, and being able to kind of figure that out and kind of being a veteran in this league now about to be 30, uh, you know, you go through the, these experiences and I think that's probably helped in, in keeping my cool. And you are a versatile player. You can play all throughout the back line. What, what's your favorite position? Uh, fullback. I think I feel the most comfortable there. Um, and just, I like playing fullback. I like playing 10. Um, just in those playmaker roles, just creating, being able to attack the line, um, attack the edges is, is where I thrive. And I think my kicking game's really improved. So, um, you know, I feel comfortable in the back. I feel comfortable at 10. So either of those is, is where I like to be. 10 or 15. Yeah. And when you get, when you're on the field with Cardi, how do you guys figure out who's doing what kicking? Uh, so cards is the number one kicker, uh, but he actually came off and JP came on. So then I slotted in at 10 for that last 10 minutes. So then I become the primary kicker, uh, when he's not on. So, um, you know, we have we have a little battle going on, obviously, inter inter squad battle of, of who's gonna be the kicker, but um, you know, he has a really good foot and he does a lot of the kicking for us and and he's very, very good. So um, you know, I was just that he was out of the game, so it just was my turn to step up and, and take it. So it's not like a here's the certain kind of weather conditions, uh here's a certain distance or an angle that maybe you guys say, hey, hey, no, it's none of that. No, well, last game he had a bit of a like his groin tightened up or something, or one of those things, like in his legs. So then I started taking a few of the kicks. Um, so I've, you know, that's happened to me before where I kind of just have to be ready at all times. And yeah, I practice like I'm the number one kicker just to for, be ready for those moments. Yeah. I was calling, I was calling your game and I said, it's great to see Luke back from his injury riddled last season. Right. And yeah. as soon as he, he makes the kick, he starts to limp off and Colin <laughs> Holly is in the booth with me and he just looks at me and goes, dude, you just you commentator's just, curse. Yeah. So it was great to see him come back from that. And and that bye week helped you guys in that sense, but also yeah. you guys haven't had the opportunity. You know, everybody keeps talking about the Chicago hounds being this great team on paper, but you haven't really had all the pieces healthy or on the, or in the organization yet at the same time mm -hmm. to do that meshing. Is it, yeah. is it coming along? How, where are you guys? Cause you have, you have some really good pieces specifically in your back line. Yeah, no, I think you you hit it on the head. Uh, a lot of guys come, came in late. Uh, we really haven't had much time together. We're brand new coaching staff, except for Sam and a lot of the guys from Austin. Um, so it's taken some time and I think we're, we're coming along and I think this is a massive step for us. Um, but I think, you know, we still have a lot of work to do and we have a lot of ways to go if we want to be a, a contender and a playoff team in this league. Uh, and I think, we got to catch up quickly and I think we are getting there, but you know, we have some really big tests coming up a really massive stretch of really good teams to play against. So uh, we got to figure it out within that time period or else we'll, we won't be there. And it doesn't get any easier for you guys this week because you've got yep. Seattle coming in. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're undefeated. So they're feeling really good. And I think for us, it's just an opportunity to take on a really good team and see where we're at and just continue our, our build in, in terms of where we want to find ourselves. And to be fair, Dallas is better, much better than they were yeah. last year. So they, they, they gave you a fight 
And yeah. I expect them to to start knocking some se- some teams off and maybe surprising some people because they're being underestimated. But again, what what a struggle to get that first win and then finally get it in that fashion. Yeah, yeah. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. They have a really strong set piece. They brought in a lot of good a lot of good pieces. Um, you know, they we knew it was going to be a, a dog fight, and it was between. The well, two uh, you got a jackal and you got a hound, so yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I think I told their coach that too. I thought, you know, I told him like, you guys are going to knock some teams off because they're actually very, very good and they'll improve. And I think they'll get their first win of the their existence. And well, we're happy that it wasn't us. It was very kind of you, Chris. Yeah. Very kind of you. Is it in your contract other than Atlanta to just be wherever Mark O'Keefe plays? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, he was a massive part of me ending up in Austin, to be honest. He would put in a massive word for me and, you know, throughout that process, I was looking for teams and um, I was messaging people on Instagram. I, I was DMing Sam Harris. He didn't respond to me. Um, I was messaging the LA coaches. I was messaging pretty much everybody I could find their numbers. I'm here, and, guys. Hey, hey, yeah, I can play exactly. 10 positions that I can kick. <laughs> exactly. And, and I'm American. Yeah. And uh, Mark was in Austin and he texted me. He said, Sam asked me about you. And I said, you know, you should definitely pick him up and and Mark kind of put the word in for me. So um, we've done that for a few times. I got him at Nyack. He got me at Austin. So we take care of each other. So we end up, you know, in the same place. And we live together too. So it's great stuff. Can't, can't leave. Can't. We're attached to him, to be honest. Great stuff. And, you know, you took one of the better centers in the league, and he has been an absolute weapon coming in at the, at the 14 position on the wing. And yeah. he's also great defensively too. So people, people yeah. are going to rethink going short side when he's over there. Exactly. Yeah. Him and Julian, you could just see them two on the wings this weekend were the difference in the game. Um, the amount of game line they got, the amount of line breaks they had, they scored three tries for us. So they're, they're absolutely massive for us. And yeah, once we get clicking and that's the first time they've been out there together. Uh, once they get, we get clicking, we get them the ball more. It's, it's going to be very dangerous. All right, Chris, finally, how many times have you heard people say, I used to work in Chicago? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> And do you, know, do you know what that means? And they all leave. Yeah. But it's also it's also an old rugby song. So I'm not going to go. Oh, yes. yes. I work in Chicago in a department store. So I, yes, I, I've heard that I'm i an adolescent, so I, I can't help but say it anytime somebody tells me any anybody. It doesn't matter what walk of life. And they just stare blankly at me, as most people <laughs> do most of the time. Yes, but, it is a classic. Chris, I'm glad to see you thriving again. You're a good guy. I'm always rooting for you as a fellow New Yorker, and I know that you're playing in the second city, but it's it's great to see you out there in Chicago and, and doing well, my friend. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. And you've been doing well yourself on my commentary booth. So thank you, love sir. Love to see that too. Thank you. With one of your uh, Xavier fellow Xavier alumni, Mike Petri, keeping me honest. Yes. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good mix. It's a good balance. You know. You bring a bit more color. He brings a bit more. He draws you back. It's a yeah. good, it's good little bounce. Keeps me honest. On. Yeah, exactly. As 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 you know, Mike would do right. Yes, always, always level headed as well. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. Give my best to the gang. All right, appreciate it, Matt. That's Chris Matina, and we'll be right back with Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with a preview of what's ahead. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub. The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. 
a legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy. But we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. Welcome back, and we have the pleasure of welcoming Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Brian, I see you got your old glory ball kind of vanishing, like with your magic, magic trick. You got a Free Jacks hat on, and you're in front of uh, Jamison Fa'anana Schultz, and it looks like Lucas Rumble not having one of his better days. Uh, but, Brian, before we get off on a on our tear here i gotta let you know that the, the free jacks are not happy with you and tom kindly who was one of the nicest guys on the planet along with head and he's the general manager and head coach scott Matthew, were both grilling me on what's with ray there you're you were supposed to be the adopted son and you yeah turned I, uh, and I, uh, and I, I apologize and we'll be apologizing in person when i travel to boston this week to watch the game. They've said and... Boston's close to you. It's <laughs> a lie. Slant, I can't lie to you. All right, Brian, let's get to it. Old Glory hosting your Nola Gold. Yeah, I was pretty uh, hard on Nola to start this season, and uh, you have to give him credit. That's two games in a row now. They've looked like the team we expected that we were going to see this year. So, well, wait a minute, geez. you just contradicted yourself because you were hard on them before the season. Uh, you know, now they look like at the start expected. of the season, at the start of the season, for the first three games, they were poor last two games. They look good. Uh, so I think we have to give them a bit of respect now. Uh, and then uh, all glory to see just throttled the arrows at home. Uh, so obviously they're going to be uh, quite fired up for this. This is a good game. Um, and you know, if we're looking down the road at potential, you know, close matches towards those playoffs, you have to think these two teams are going to be in that mix for that, you know, that, uh, one of those playoff spots. They're going to be close. So this is an important game for sure. Uh, it, it's 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 tough call, but, you know, I, I think Nola's showing more weapons offensively right now. That the, the game, that expansive game they showed against Utah, I was really impressed. They moved the ball well. Uh, Rodney Iona really starting to find his groove. Jordan Jackson Hope uh, looks like another great playmaker there as well. Uh, I just think Old Glory maybe just a little bit, not not quite as expansive as them and as dangerous. I mean, obviously, Tito Diaz Benizia is kicking the leather off the ball. He looks brilliant, but um, I, I'm going to take Noel on the road in this one. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a fierce contest, uh, but I'm going to take Noel. Utah, disappointing performance down in the Big Easy. Now they're back at home and they've got your broken arrows once again, Brian. Greg Cooper is not going to be happy with that performance. That, that's one of the worst performances we've seen from, well, certainly in a long while from, from Utah. They were just did not uh, come out to play in that one. Uh, missing tackles left, right. I mean, just not a good game. So Cooper, I'm sure, will be uh, hard on them this week, getting them fired up, especially at home. This is a team, you know, they've got a great fan base. You expect a big turnout for this one. Uh, they'll be fired up. The arrows, boy, they not look good against DC. And, and you know, to be fair, they lost, you know, Noel Reed right at the beginning of the game. And then Tassi, Totala, Tassi, Tassi, their other center, uh, went out and strained his knee. So I don't think either of those guys are going to be playing this game. And that is very, very bad news, especially when you're going up against Paul Asike and Calvin Whiting or Tyler Fisher, whoever throw, they, they throw that midfield. I mean, the list goes on in that back line, right? So I think this is a real bad matchup for Toronto right now. Got to go with Utah at home. New England 
See, speaking of not wanting to wish something bad on a team, you got the, 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 the Jackals going up to face your New England Free Jacks. So you know, who's going to answer when somebody says Flap Jackals? <laughs> they have to ask Phil Harris that one. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you have to give Dallas some credit in that. I thought, first of all, that Chicago-Dallas game was the most exciting game of the week. Uh, that was a really fun game to watch right, right down to the wire. I really thought Dallas was going to pull it out there in the end, but, you know, Chris Martina and there's a steal, kicks the points uh, for the win, so credit to them. But, you know, D Dallas's pack, their starting pack is actually pretty solid. I just think they're a bit thin in the back line and depth obviously is an issue uh, for that team. So you're going up against New England who really look very impressive against New York. Yeah, New York did have a couple guys out for that one. You have oh, to so did New England. That, but, but you're right, so did New England. They didn't have Josh Larson. They were down to two locks in that game. So And they uh, stepped up big time. And it just seems like that system that they use is really clicking for all the new guys. Now, all of a sudden, I think they're on a roll. I, I think this is a, a clear win for new England. I am looking forward to seeing this one in person. I want to see this Fort Quincy, you know, setup they've got down there. See if there is actually any magic uh, flowing around there that Alex Magleby's dusting around the place. Were you suggesting something about dust, some kind of dust and Magleby? Oh, I, 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 I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Tire okay? play on words. All right. Maybe Woodgy uh, and some kind of unicorn. <laughs> I forgot about maybe. him. Yeah. It's the, maybe who knows? We got Woodgy and we had a gorilla in New York this week, which I think was John Brad Bradshaw Layfield. The Houston Sabercats, 8 p.m. matchup in Houston versus Rugby ATL coming off a very disappointing performance against a very good San Diego team. Yeah pretty similar to uh to utah actually not at all what we expected to see from atl and and they lost uh you know when, when ruiz a went out especially you know i mean that amazing break from from uh martini talapusi uh, and biddle had his interjection and halu scores in the corner but then biddle obviously hobbled in that he's having pro real problems with that knee and you know, he's such a, an important, uh, you know, in, in the four games or whatever we've seen him right now, we've seen the kind of impact that he can have. So uh, you'd have to think he probably won't be in this one, or if he is, certainly not at 100%. And that's a big blow to their their attack uh, against a Houston side who just looked, uh, every game we've seen them so far, they look prepared. And, uh, you know, this is a team that is going to play 80 minutes. We've seen that as well. And they have depth. You know, Dylan Smith went down last game, but Nick Boyer stepped in and he did the game before when Carlo Denaisha went out and Boyer did the job and we know he can do the job. So uh, I think this is a deep, uh, really tough Houston side that we're seeing that is really going to make a push come the business end of the season. They've had a week off to rest and get even sharper. I think we're going to be see a, a strong Houston win here at home. Sunday, the Chicago Hounds, the now off the schneid Chicago Hounds, Got their first win desperately off the boot of Chris Matina in, and, and everybody in Chicago let out a collective phew, right? But now it's back to the drawing board because they got Seattle coming off a bye in there, healthy and angry. Yeah, you know, similar to so similar to the situation that we've seen, uh, you know, just described with Houston. I mean, Seattle just uh, they look tremendous right now. They uh, they definitely look, you know, we saw how San Diego played last week. Well, uh, I think Seattle is just, just at this stage, just maybe a step ahead of them. Right. I mean, they just 
they have all they seem to have all their ducks in a row at the moment they're everybody's playing well uh they've got their system a lot of continuity the new guys have fitted in well jordan chait didn't even play the last couple games i mean and he was sensational in the first t- couple that we saw him so chicago got the win but uh, i just don't think they they have uh, the match day 23 to to live with uh, seattle for 80 minutes here we go. We're kind of heading into the middle stretch of this season where we start to really separate the contenders from the pretenders, right? All right, Mr. Brian Ray, thank you, sir. And thank you to John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Thanks to Chris Matina of the Chicago Hounds. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including The Rugby Odds and The College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Join our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.